you're, you're, if, it, you're, if it gets on your nerves, don't listen to it. Don't subject yourself to that kind of stress. You don't need it. Like, you know, it's like, this is this is my field. Look at where I grow my, th- my fucks. Like, I just, no. Yeah, you're right. You yours yours came when you were 19, and and you know you've not made any backward steps. You're you're definitely the exceptions to the rule, but you know. But we're we're allowed to be grumpy old metal fans now. I think. I mean, between the three of us, we're either you know bald or grey. So we, <laughs> you know, there's there's no going back on that. We, what can you do? But then we'll get onto the grumpy metal bits, the grumpy complaining stuff afterwards because. You know, it's, it's not all about that. Um, because good evening, by the way, and, and welcome to <laughs> the abyss. Um, because <laughs> I look before we before we do start moaning about anything, um, I want to talk about obituary on Monday night, I think, because I think it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile bringing up, uh, firstly, because you know, an American metal band have come over here and they've played a 19 day UK tour going to all sorts of random places. and it's, you know, they did a London show earlier in the year, but to actually go to places like Colchester, where I saw them on Monday night, fucking Norwich and quick jaunt over to Northern Ireland. And they've done Bristol they've done the South Coast, Newcastle, Glasgow, fucking everywhere. It's, um, you know, it's really impressive. But yeah, look, you know, it was Bank Holiday Monday. So I went and had a few drinks in Colchester, which isn't the most exciting town I've ever been to. But um wandered into the hole of wall pub and um yeah trevor perez walked in which was nice and, uh, <laughs> had, a, had, had a pint with him had a bit of a chat and um he was talking about you know how much fun the tour's been he particularly liked bristol because playing on a boat playing on thecla was you know was particularly enjoyable but um yeah thoroughly nice guy um shout out to colchester art center as well great venue absolutely loved it fucking thousand year old church really cool all run by volunteers just full of dirty metal heads and it, it just felt like I don't, know, I don't know it felt strange but it worked really lovely clean toilets and reasonable bar prices so i think in this day and age when you go into any metal gig that's a privilege i think i took a photo of the toilets actually they were that good jesus i wasn't dancing um but um <laughs> <laughs> uh and merch as well they had a proper fucking tour t-shirt with dates on it and everything you know it's these things these days are fucking rare um pest control supported and just like they were at bloodstock they were fucking awesome um they were literally in the pub around the corner where we were till about five minutes for walking on stage strolled in walked up half hour set saw your face off walked off absolutely fucking brilliant as you'd expect um and obituary yeah look I've, i've seen them before this year i was never the biggest fan of obituary I do like them, but I was never all that fussed. But, you know, this album that came out this year, Dying of Everything, is is still one of my favourites of the year. And and they they were they were just fucking awesome. It's only like an hour and 10 minute set, 14, 15 songs, just everything you want. And the new stuff sounds particularly good. Um, great to be in a venue with no barrier as well. So we were there right against the stage. That's always that always makes a nice change. And uh, yeah, yeah. Wicked. Um, was it fairly, um, fairly varied set list, or was it, fo- was it focused? Yeah, on- they kind of just it's, it's dotted throughout their career. Really, that was five songs off a of dine of everything, and then they, they they touched on like one or two from pretty much every album, and finishing off with slowly we rot, obviously. But um, yeah, you know, happy with the set list, especially when 
they're doing that many dates. They're not going to mix it up, are they? They just it keeps it simple, and then they kind of get on with it. So um, yeah, no, great set. They just they don't do anything spectacular. They just they just fucking nail it. They just lay it down, heavy, hard, sound great, great presence, really good interaction with the crowd. It's they're just really good at what they do. It's just it's like what we're saying about Sacred Reich at, at Bloodstock. It's just chemistry and experience and bands like that. They just they just know what they're doing. So um quick shout out to a guy called Charlie Ellis Strength, who was a Bitteries lighting guy. We had a chat with him for about 10 minutes after. Um I have badgered him about coming on this podcast because Charlie, I reckon you've got some stories. So please get back to me on that. Um and uh, it was good to see the band outside the venue afterwards as well, doing photos, hanging around because the, the, the tour bus was parked outside the front door of the venue pretty much. And they were all hanging about photos, having chats, signing just makes a nice change. You go to these small shows and you've just got that interaction that you don't get at bigger shows. I mean, yeah, we made and were awesome a couple of months ago, but it's just something about these small shows. You just can't beat that. You're not, yeah. It, it, I mean, what what would happen if like Bruce and was hanging outside? He'd, he'd get swamped. I mean, yeah, exactly. That, that's punk. Exactly. That's kind of stating the obvious, but um, but it's like if, if mean, you I, see um, if you see in the in the Metallica's stadium shows and that that you've got Hetfield just sort of wandering around the outside of the stage before going on, and like when people are sort of milling in, he's sort of wandering around the stadium having a cigar, and he's just sort of meeting people and. It can be. I think it can be done. I don't see why not. Just because you're a global fucking yeah, I think I, I think as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, obviously, heavy metal bands are not boy bands. They're not going to no. get like a bunch no. of phenomenal yeah. teenagers running at them. You know, it's like it's not like that. And try and touch them, and I, you know, it'd be quite cool if you could. You know, you could have you know, just not in a signing tent, just like, oh, how's it going? You know, like wait, who was it? Who was it that bumped into Dave Lombardo that time in the fish and ship shop? That was uh, yeah, our mate Darren. That was after a Phantomus gig, I think, at uh, LA too. It was in it was in yeah, McDonald's. And he, and he was on the road. phone. Yeah, and he yeah. was on the phone, and he just went, "Wait, I've got to go," and he hung up the phone to speak to the fans. Yeah, that's yeah. like that. That's class. That's exactly. Class, that's a classy talk. Exactly. Like deep deep uh, down, I think as metal fans, we kind of expect to be treated that way, but you wouldn't want to say it if you know what I mean. It's like I, I'm your fan. You know, I'm your priority. <laughs> Come and talk to me. I've paid my money to come to this yeah, show. Yeah. Come and talk to me. You know, but um... well, again, I think that goes back to some of the things that we've said over the last year in terms of when we've talked about the scene and we've talked about the relationship and the, the fact that there has to there has to be a bona fide connection between the fans and the the band, especially when the bands are starting out, and it has to be an authentic bond because otherwise, if the if the fans reject the band or the act, the band doesn't go anywhere because it's not like, even if the fact, it's not like the record labels are forcing these bands down the throat through mainstream media. Like, you know, it's yeah. not like they, every now and again, you get the next, you, every year you get the next, especially like when we were younger, the next pop out, it was, it was the Spice Girls and then it was All Saints and then it was um, Girls Allowed or whatever the fucking called. And every, there was always another band to, and they would just shove it down their throat through mainstream media. No one's doing that with metal bands. They have to have that connection. They have to have that authenticity. And you have to build that bond and that relationship with your fan base. Because those those hardcore fans, 
they'll get you through the lean times. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, that's uh, true. You've either got to have that, that like connection. These bands like in flames seem to have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, but uh, you've either got to have that connection or you've got to be so fucking intense in your delivery, so good in your delivery. Like bands like Rage Against the Machine, for instance, they, they would never have been the type to really interact with a crowd or anything like that. But, you know, when they played, you would you, you were left gagging for it. Do you know what I mean? So that that was think, that was a different kind of connection. I, I, yeah, and I think as well, a band like Rage Against the Machine, they were so on point with some of their lyrical content that they were really the personification of a lot of the angst and the the the, the political ideology and a lot of the the thoughts that a lot of their fan base had. You know, you know, anti-establishment, but in a way that was quite intelligent as well. So really, you know, pinpointing some of the hypocrisies of. Uh, institutions and systems so i don't think you know you're right that you'd left gagging for more but they 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 were so on point that i don't think you needed to go and speak to them about what they thought about the bush administration after the show because you may kind of knew from the lyrics what they thought so um but then again it's at the end of the day it's like you know someone like terry butler for example or Anyone from a lot of a lot, most of the vast majority of metal bands, these these are, and again, going back to this idea of the working class roots of metal, you most bands are marks for other things. Everyone's a mark for someone, right? So I'm sure like Terry Butler might be equally starstruck if he bumped into Tony Omi outside of a club. Yeah. yeah, you'd imagine so. Also, yeah. the fact that you know, if, if if you're a fan of metal, whether you're in a band or you're just a fan, or you're a you know, you do a podcast or you write for a magazine, you've all got that shared thing in common. So why wouldn't you want to talk not just to your fans, to fans of the genre? Because maybe they want to talk to you about other bands, maybe bands that you like too, and we yeah. can share that experience as well. So if you're in a metal band and you don't want to talk to metal fans, you're obviously not a metal fan. Yeah, that's a fair point. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Those those conversations are important, and it's just it, you you. There has to be no no sort of um. Well, I, I'm I'm in the band. I haven't got time for you. You, you these days because they have to work so hard with touring. They have yeah. they all they all they all they almost have they have to make that extra effort go the extra mile. But I don't know. It just it seemed natural when I was talking to Trevor Perez. It was just I, you know bought him a pint. It's not like he felt obliged to stand there and have a chat with me. He, he just did, you know, and, and it's, it's just just nice to have a, a polite conversation with someone that he just bought a beer for. It didn't, doesn't matter the fact he's been in this massive death metal band for more than a couple of decades. It's just, it's a nice coincidence, you know, and then he, he you know, then he, he was there, then he was out taking photos around Colchester. So it's like, it's... They're just enjoying their surroundings. The, 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 the irony is you probably earn more money than them, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's got a way he's got a way fucking cooler job than I have. I wonder, um, I don't know, this is an observation which might be complete bollocks, quite frankly, but I don't know. But it I think since COVID and since COVID has wind down, we started going to gigs again. And I think I sort of pointed out that. The, the, the culture is a bit different. There always seems to be... Some people have said that etiquette's worse, but I've noticed at some metal gigs it feels as if it's a bit more 
respectful, like less less stupid. Like there's almost you know people don't want to get too close to other people, or you know, or maybe they're just in those habits. Um, it's a I weird. A bit of that, yeah. I I agree with that. I I, I think, and I wonder if if people are just becoming a lot more self conscious and aware of personal space. Yeah. And that's translating to how they interact with bands. So actually, it's like when they see bands of a pub, it's like, oh, hi, you know, I'm not, I won't get too close or mad or intense or anything like that because we kind of got out of that habit for a couple of years. And that's, I think that's great. Um, but I just, yeah, just, just felt like something I noticed. Yeah, I mean, my my you know my conversation with Trevor Perez, like the first thing I asked him because because we were in the pub and pest control was still sat in the beer garden as well, and time was getting on. I just want to go and ask him what time they're due on, and he was like <laughs> he was like five past nine. I was like, oh sweet, and he's like, you want a drink? Have a drink? And, and I was like, look, it, I just made the point to him that it's 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 nice for a band to come to the UK and play loads of dates, and he's like, yeah, it makes a, a real change for them as well because these days for a lot of bands it's just all about the festival runs in the summer and and all that kind of thing. And they don't get so much of a chance to go and do proper tours anymore because it's not necessarily cost-effective. Festivals pay well. And they come in, they play, they leave, they go on to the next one. It's like, it, it's a necessary evil, but they do earn decent money out of it. So you can understand why they do those circuits. But the fact that they jumped on this this tour of the UK right after doing a festival run, it just, it, I don't know, for me, it just shows that they still give a shit and they still want to be out there and in the whites of the fans' eyes. As cliched as that sounds, but I think I think COVID again is a factor because not being able to do that properly for a couple of years reinforced what they love about yeah. what they do, and it's like, and you know, they're they what they're, they're in their mid fifties at this point, aren't they? So yeah, they're comfortably yeah. younger. So it's a case of we we can still we can still do this. We can still pummel an audience at this point, and you know, we we're lucky to do what we do, and you know, they're still making good albums, so. Well, yeah. look, and, and most of the dates, well, a lot of the dates are sold out. And if they're not sold out, they're sort of like 99% sold out. So that shows there's a hunger for it as well in all these regional towns. Same with the tour that Trivium are doing at the moment. Yeah. Same, same kind of thing, playing I'm, loads of random places. I'm, I'm annoyed about that because they're playing Folkestone. Folkestone, yeah. Um, Folkestone, <laughs> yeah. They get, a, they get a metal gig every so often. And there's a great lineup. You've got, you know, Bleed From Within and Orbit Culture. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn I, good lineup. I don't yet have a car and the, the train connection is just a bit of a sod. I can't really do it even where I am in Kent. So it's, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I did consider the Cambridge show last week, but it was, um, I just, sort of, uh, you know, an hour's drive, but I don't, I haven't paid enough attention to what Trivium have done in recent no, years. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I'm, 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 Apparently I'm, they're going on a bit of a hiatus after this tour as well. They're sort of pushing it aside. They've got no plans to record another album. They sort of, going to take a break and do other things okay fair enough so, I mean, I've, uh, I've seen i've seen it before now i saw them do a, a secret quote mark show back in oh six oh seven where they wore battle battle costumes and stuff and it was, it was you know, yeah it was it was all right it was you know entertaining enough but um yeah. no I, I go back to when they did um download in oh five yeah 2005 and they were on at sort of half 11 midday, whatever it was on the main stage. And there was fuck loads of people there. And that's kind of when they arrived and they, they, yeah. you know, they, they really did. So look, they've had a decent career. So if they are calling it a day from this point, fair play, but I'm they'll, they'll be back. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 They'll be, you know, it's, it's, it's a break. It's... Yeah. Yeah. And, and Matt Heafy has been involved with all sorts of other things lately as well. He obviously 
produced the Frozen yeah. Soul album this year. He was on the Malevolence album last year as well. And the um the the black metal side project he did with with Isan as well, Ibarakai, or I can't remember what exactly how you pronounce it, but that's really good as well. Really good. Sort of Japanese themed black metal. And um a couple of the songs are co-written by Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Oh yeah, Gerard, you know, I know we can we can talk about what we don't like about My Chemical Romance, but that man, you know, he does a lot. You know, he's 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 done comics, he's written written stuff and drawn and he's yeah, he, he's he's prolific in a lot of things. Busy emo. Um yeah. but yeah. It's, it just it was positive. Uh, I had a stinking hangover for about two days. Just drank way too much. But um but yeah, full and like I said, full respect Colchester Arts Centre. I'm hoping to get to a few more gigs there. It was um it was really good and five pound fifty a pint these days. I think that's decent. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose at a gig that's yeah, fucking right. And if, yeah. if it's a pint, because that's the thing, you see sometimes see him pour a can into a pint, it just feels wrong. Oh, but no, no. It was, it was, it was pint, probably... It's like, okay, right. It is that, actually. That's, that's if it's skewing. Look, look, especially when we were at Maiden at the O2, it was £7.75 for a can of beer or £8.50 for an actual pint. Just soak that in. £7.75 for a can of beer. I think it was Budweiser as well. So even worse. I, I See, I don't know... What, what what's wrong with this country sometimes because like when I saw Guns N' Roses in Rome a, a bottle of like Nastro Azzurro or Peroni was which is not the best beer it's like €2.50 I, I, I don't know why I mean yes they've got to make a profit and, they, and it's and it's price gouging as well to some extent but it's, I think it's a case of that we just tolerate it yeah we do you know? yeah yeah, because we we assume it's just it's just the way. And while we continue to buy beer at gigs or or, or whatever, it, it's, it's always going to be the case, and it? it's never going to change. There There's is an queue argument. at the bar. Yeah, there is an argument. I mean, it would take a lot to argue because, and I'm not very good at it. But there's a suggestion that Brits have been an oppressed nation, but in a very very different way. Centuries of imperialism and feudalism has kind of almost made us just shrug our shoulders and go, "Oh well, this is it." This is this is our lot. Might as well just be grateful we're at least in a slight democracy, and just put up with every stupid price and nonsense that goes on. I mean, the country's falling apart. Nothing works. Schools are falling down. Schools are literally falling Schools down. Are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Schools are falling yeah. down now. And, and, and yeah, so the Tories are just shrugging their shoulders and going, "Well, yeah. but people just don't give a shit because yeah, you know, but they want it to fall down because then they can go right. See, we told you, government can't run anything. Let's privatise it. <laughs> that's basically what it is no it is it's like yep see government inefficient well it's inefficient if you just sit there watching it burn you know it's like it's like nero watching rome burn playing the fiddle going see i told you fire hazard see can't put it out <laughs> yeah we're going off topic a little bit no there. no uh, i'm but, not i'm not yeah. going that no no I mean, it's like, what about privatizing like if we if we if we on Maybe nationalising, I think, would be uh, the best way. The, uh, the 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 heavy metal music industry. You know what? I was waiting for you to say something along those lines. I didn't know whether you were going to go nationalise heavy metal or privatise heavy metal. And then nationalise because it's a national treasure, right? Oh, and I'd like yeah. to see. Um, I'd like to see a, a, a minister for metal sit in the cabinet, right? And then we'd obviously have deputy ministers 
for each subgenre. So, you know, deputy, deputy minister for thrash, deputy minister for grindcore, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, under them, they'd have, you know, they, they would fund metal bands, deliver on, you know, rehearsal space and music venues just for metal, though. Because that's, you know, we don't want anything else. Um, maybe this this room for some like you know electronic music, but not, not no pop music. British pop music's dead. It's shit. Who um who's going to sit at the top of this nationalised metal scene? Well, I don't know, but one of us would have to run for parliament. Well, of course, that's obviously going to be you. I'm not. No, running I mean, for I mean, technically, I mean, obviously, you could probably if you made Tony Iommi a life peer, put him in the House of Lords, then he could like run it. He could then sit on the cabinet. I tell you what, it would be some fucking House of Lords. The people yeah, you would have in that yeah. House of Lords, Iomi, Ozzy, you'd have David Coverdale, you'd have Jimmy Page. You'd, you'd, fucking, you'd just be endless. Bruce Dickinson, Steve Harris, Rob Halford, you'd have them all. Yeah, but I, I don't think you're going to get them in the same party, though. I, Dickinson, I, Coverdale as well, I reckon. I, I reckon Coverdale's got Tory tendencies. No, no, I don't know, no, he can't. He's from Barnsley. Oh, he's from Barnsley. No, that doesn't mean anything. No, I, I don't. That doesn't think, mean anything. What I've seen of him, he's not a Tory. Okay, Page definitely is. That's probably more likely. Yeah, I mean, he grew up in Epsom, so I lived. Used to live two doors down from that house, so. And, yeah. I'm sorry, Dickinson. Mm, I'm not sure. Oh, he's a Tory. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely a Tory. He, he, he's a Tory, but a law unto himself. And if if he was to yeah. be in, in any kind of political debate, it would go on for fucking days. So you know. Yeah. I'm not sure you'd want to be involved. He's in that. more of a Disraeli, like a One Nation Tory. He's probably a more acceptable Tory than, say, uh, the new Defence Minister Grant Shapps. What the fuck is that about? Anyway, sorry, that's my last word. The one thing you can guarantee, <laughs> one thing you can guarantee is that whatever point Steve Harris made, Bruce Dickinson would disagree with it. So, you know that that would be that would be your your political arguments, and it would it would go on for years just and imagine, years. And years. You, can just, you can just imagine the opening of Parliament. <laughs> Screen for me, Parliament. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Bruce would make a good Speaker of the House. I think it, it, that would keep him out of the way. Ooh. Yeah. Well. Uh, um. Anyway, you look. Moving on. Um. There was something that we've been we've been sort of loosely discussing this week amongst the three of us. Um. Because I noticed this week that uh, that Job for a Cowboy are back. Um. <laughs> You know, going off on a bit of a tangent here, but uh, and it, it 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 brought up the conversation around deathcore, and then um, um, and then we clearly got on to um, our very own voice of reason and his views on deathcore. So I mean, it's look, I, I, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you carry on because you, you've you've clearly got issues with it. And I'm not entirely sure why or what. Well, I, I mean, I've officially concluded i can't fucking stand deathcore <laughs> basically well you need um, to get you need to get off the fence and actually have an opinion well yeah i no i mean it's one of those things where i'm thinking what am i missing what 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 is there something because normally with with metal and all this different subgenres and sounds there's various bands i i can get into and enjoy even if i don't infuse about a particular offshoot whatever but some of these deathcore bands have been around for years and, you know, they were knocking around 15 years ago and they were probably part of that batch of what I thought at the time were metalcore bands, the MySpace metalcore bands trying to play death metal riffs. Um, but it was all very polished and very 
bit too cathartic. It's, there was no joy in it kind of thing. And it just, it, it was either whinging or just anger for the sake of being angry. And I think that's kind of what diminished my enthusiasm for, for listening to new bands because that's that's what it all seemed to be, all this deathcore stuff. And I think further down the line here, I've, you know, I'm a bit older, I'm a smidgen bit wiser. Um, <laughs> got, I got back into metal properly. You know, I've, I've you know, really sort of thrown myself back into it. And I'm hearing these bands and seeing them in the news for different reasons. And honestly, I still cannot get into them. And, you know, they're heavy. There's riffs there. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, it for me, it feels like it's supposed to be a mix of death metal and hardcore. But it just feels like it's for the least appealing elements of both. You've got the, you know, the less technical, less dynamic elements of, of death metal and the... I suppose the less positive, less triumphant aspects of hardcore, just for just for basic beatdowns and really basic sort of structures that you know almost almost you know easy to sort of come up with. And yeah, I'm looking through the band, band list on Wikipedia of all these apparently deathcore bands, I, there's only one that I vaguely like, and that's Shadow of Intent. So they're they're more of a mellow death band for me. So yeah, when when I was when I was sort of you know, diddling around in in the the, the deathcore archives, that that name did come up. But then I, I wouldn't pin them as a as a deathcore band. I mean, for me, deathcore is like like I said, job for a cowboy um, or job for a cunt, as I've got written in my notes. Yeah, you 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 called yeah because we reviewed your album back in the day, and I, I, think, I think I I gave it like two out of five. Ten that years. must be that's probably where it came from. Yeah, them like Whitechapel and Oceano, all shall perish. Those kind of things. That's. That's deathcore for me, and and I I agree with you. I, there's nothing sort of there's nothing likable about the majority of it, and I, I can't quite I can't pinpoint why because I should like it, but that point you make that it's it's the the worst parts of the two fused genres that that's probably about right. It's it's basically the offal, and it from the prime cuts. It, this yeah. is just yeah. this is just what's left over. Yeah. That's what I know, like. some people like offals, you know, but I, yeah, I don't know, you know, there is a little bit of technical bit here and there kind of thing. So, you know, some riffery, as it were, and I can do catharsis, but I just, I, I just, yeah, I, what am I missing? I like, I like it heavy and I like, I like, you know, riffs and, but yeah, what, what is it? And then it, it just, yeah, there seems to be, there seems to be sort of dodgy opinions by vocalists and members popping up re- more regularly than other other sort of areas, and it's just there's something about it. I, I just, I'm, yeah, help me out. Yeah, it's um, CJ McMahon from Thy Art Is Murder has made a tit of himself this week, and he was with some some you know ill advised comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's since taken himself off social media and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. There's some sort of obvious bigotry there, and also the bloke bloke who fronts slaughter to prevail um oh, alex terrible or alex, alex the terrible, terrible. yeah he, yeah he can, probably he probably considers himself to be a professional troll as well but it's just but so, so there's someone in a band called alex the terrible yeah and he's russian but he had yeah i mean i don't i think he's covered it up now but he had one of those sunwheel tattoos on his elbow yeah yeah so it's like yeah, he spoke out. What's he suggesting that he's in the uh, he's in the he's in the Russian mafia? 
he said I, 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 no, I need to be a bit careful because I, I don't know exactly what he said all I know is it's his comments were along the lines of um, children being brainwashed into convincing themselves that they might be transgender or homosexual or right. whatever it means but I, I don't know exactly what was said because a lot of the it, a lot of what a lot of what was been out in the press has been taken down so yeah no, I, I saw the post and it seemed to be a bit like you know double dutch just with you know gobbledygook like, yeah yeah it made me, but it just came across as unpleasant and like oh i can i can understand why people are calling you a bigot and it's i don't know i mean that's alleged it's all alleged but it's just it just it just makes me think right well I know, you know, you can try and separate the art from the artist, but I've not really liked what I've heard from this genre. So, yeah. yeah see, there's, there's there's separating the art from the artist when when the artist is a bit of a tit. And then there's when they, they just come across as, as a complete cunt, for want of a better word. But it, it's difficult because sometimes some, some of these comments can be taken out of context or they may not have intended to say what came across heat of the moment stuff. You've got to be so careful when you're putting stuff out on the internet, especially oh, yeah. if it ends up in print, you know, you can't hide from it. Even if you, it's a head in the hands moment, I think, fuck, I really shouldn't have said that. Yeah. You just, you just, it, it, the best thing is just to talk about the weather and keep it simple. <laughs> you know? So whatever, yeah. he, whatever he said this week, CJ McMahon, the the gist I got it it was it was awful. Oh, it was it was deeply unpleasant. Yeah. It was it was banging out of order. Whatever whatever opinions you might have on the subject, it's like there's there's a line you don't cross. Um, and he fucking crossed it. And the band straight up said, you know, we we stand with with people. We we are you know yeah that's yeah what our band is like. And he's taken himself so he's don't know what kind of word they had with him, but. Yeah, and it must be fucking difficult for the rest of the band in that situation because you just think, oh, you absolute fucking bellend. Yeah. You know, you because you can you can just destroy a reputation just like that, you know, and, and it's it's not really fair on the rest of the band. It's not the first time kind of things happened, but it's um but it, but yeah, it's just it it seems I don't know, it just it feels it just feels like a very nasty sort of um subgenre which I can I can gain some sort of I don't want to say positivity, but some sort of escapism with everything else in metal, even death metal. You know, you think of your gore metal and your your brutal death metal, it's ridiculous. But there's a kind of kind of you know, like a band like Gutelax. You know, it's it's <laughs> <laughs> we saw. And, well, you only you only have to look at the photos of uh, of Corpse Grinder and the Cuddly Toys. Yeah, exactly, um, and even black metal. I mean whatever you know but it's it's there's there's something there that i think is joyful to them but yeah i don't know deathcore just seems to bring it bring a very nasty vibe which I'm, i've always struggled to really click with and musically like i say it, it just feels stunted yeah i agree um, with I, yeah. I don't know what well i'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll give anyone a go and, and whatnot and maybe there's just certain bands i need to try a bit harder with but it's it's just one of those things i just thought what, what am i missing what, what is it? What's the appeal? It's another one of those things where I I, I almost want to like some of it because some of the t-shirts, the merch, really cool. Yeah, but some of them have got some great logos. So like, I I, I want to be involved in this, but I I can't. Lorna Shaw, another one, you know, 
I suppose they've got a little bit more of because they've obviously got synths and stuff in there as well. But for me, they're a deathcore band and watched them at Bloodstock last year. No, don't get it. Don't get the, the mass appeal about that band. I really don't. Not that we you know we're not obviously we're not trying to point out that anybody in a deathcore band is a bit of a bigot, quite the opposite. But it just it's just unfortunate that you know it, it, two things, two comments made by members of deathcore bands within a very short space of time. It just kind of it puts things in the you know in the foreground, doesn't it? And it's it's a bit unfortunate. It is what it is. Um, I won't be listening to a great deal. I've, I've tried with bands like Thy Art is Murder because there was when they first came along, there was a lot of hype and a lot of fuss about them and and whatnot. And they they tour quite well in the UK. They they seem to you know be a pretty hardworking band. But there's just there's no fucking songs, is there? That's what it, yeah yeah. Like I, I, we I, talked I, about I like, it. There's no tunes, no hooks. Yeah, I'm old school. I like songs. You know, yeah. even, even if it's nasty and brutal and fast and there. I still like songs. Yeah, and you you can achieve that. There's plenty of bands mm. out there that that are achieving that. You've got some proper rough and ready stuff that's just got the bands have just got demos. Bands like Mutagenic Host, British band, you know this proper rough four track demo, and it's got hooks. It can be done. So you know, and I'm just, I'm always a bit you know I I think when you put core on the end of a subgenre title. It, it's always like kind of reminds me of like kind of fad cuisines when you've got like you know fusion fusion restaurants and they'll take oh this is a Hawaiian fusion with Afro Kenyan food or whatever it is I don't know it's like it's like you just you're taking something good and go right let's just add loads of chilies to it and we'll call it something else it just it's it's just like it's an amalgamation of things for the sake of it and I don't think it's necessarily organic. And I'm not saying that's with all, but grindcore, metalcore. Well, it's not everything, but I think in this case it's. And and I haven't listened to any of this stuff, but I put faith in what you guys are saying. Just doesn't sound like it's got any merit to it. No, I mean, you know, you know from a from a, a musical ability point of view and all that lot. Some of it you, you can understand. It takes you know a fair amount of talent to play it. I get all that, but it's. No, I suppose it, it all depends what you want out of heavy metal. Like yeah. I said at the start of this episode, we're we're grumpy old farts and we want hooks and songs and you know the things that we we remember as kids when we first started listening to heavy metal. And that when I when I first heard bands like Cannibal Corpse and things like that, I thought it was just noise, a lot of death metal. And it's it's over the years that I've developed more of a, a taste for extreme music. Probably bands like In Flames in the early days were one of those that push me down that that route and that then makes it, it kind of opens your ears a little bit then doesn't it to other things but yeah deathcore is one that's just never never caught on for me i don't quite get it and again and again i feel one thing i again don't like about it is it, it it's still quite polished yeah it always feels very pristine. Well, almost overproduced yeah yeah I, I i i don't yeah don't get me wrong i like I like something that's a bit clean at times, but I also like the rawness of, of yeah. metal. It's when it's got that balance, and I don't get rawness from metalcore. Um, it, it's yeah. all, it feels like it's trying too hard, you know. All the tattoos, all the look. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it just feels a bit contrived. Do you know what is raw, though? 99% of the music on Dying Victims. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. So we we ever since last year, um, I think Raptore was the first band that kind of came up on this podcast. But ever since then, we've had a, a, a bit of a mild obsession with with uh, dying victims. If anybody <laughs> doesn't know, German based underground metal label, um, strictly old school, strictly metal, with the odd exception here and there, but basically it's it's strictly studs, leather, steel, bullet belts, questionable facial hair, NHS glasses, the, the full works in it. And we yeah, and we it, absolutely fucking love yeah. it. I mean I've said that for many, many years, my my favorite period of music, popular music, whatever, is nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty six. And that's for everything. That's not just metal and rock. That's it, you know, punk and all the offshoots, the pop of that era, but also the electronic and the disco and dance kind of stuff. You know, I, I, this you format, got to throw, throw post punk in there as well, haven't you? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, like I say, punk, punk plus and everything that, yeah, sport. that 10 year period, I'll listen to it and I'll enjoy it. It's very rare that I'll, I'll, I'll get displeasure from anything from that period. It's just, it's so fertile, there's so much going on. You know, politically, anthropologically, it's amazing. But like I say, if you think of a metal and the metal and the rock and the hard rock and stuff, this is that. This is that period. They're not. They're not trying to be progressive or innovative, and that's absolutely fine. Because you know what? There's loads of that about. They're just. They just want new bands celebrating that period, and that's why, for me, it's a fucking great label. They are keeping it true, is what they're doing. Mm. Well, it's pretty much just just one man, um, Florian, who uh, who I, I sort of email back and forth every now and then, and and you know we get all their their uh, advanced releases, which we really appreciate. But we we've never really got around to actually talking about some of these releases and some of these bands in any great detail. And I feel like feel like we almost have a duty to oh yeah to to you know deliver the goods to people with because there's some fucking great stuff on this label there really is it's just it's the it really is the gift that keeps on giving and yeah. you you never know what you look at an album artwork and you think yeah that might be trad metal and then it just turns out to be pure thrash and it's, it's there's just, just stuff it's if, if it was pushed a bit more if it had a bit more exposure there'd, there'd be so many more fans well the con it, it's on the continent it's on the mainland europe it's it's fine it's us in the UK, we don't, we just don't seem to get this stuff. I don't yeah. understand why, because this is what we spawned in the first place. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't, I don't know if it's a generational thing or, you know, the old schoolers who might listen to it. Oh, well, we're happy with the old bands we've got. We don't, we're not bothered about new bands. Oh, hang on, they, they sound like them from 1984. Why do we want to listen to them? That kind of attitude. And of course, younger people might think, nah, now nah, it's too old school. And yeah, it's going to appeal to some people, absolutely. But it's just, yeah. But it's it's done properly as well. Like virtually every album, I've got a feeling almost every album is released on vinyl as well. It's the full. Eventually, you get the full experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might take a while. It might not happen at the same time. There's been a few yeah. that are you know starting to drop, but but generally it does all come out on vinyl. And 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 that that we know we've talked about it before. Vinyls and you know in a proper riding the crest of a wave at the moment but it's still a huge expense for a label to pick that up and a big responsibility to to take to take that on 
for all these bands that, and you might, especially when you might sell, fuck all. But they all seem to sell. You know, the stuff's hard to get hold of. After the initial release, it's then hard to get hold of. So okay. there's got to be something good in there. So, look, some of the recent releases we talk about, the, um, the yeah. atonement are one we, I think we need to talk about because you pointed out a couple of days ago, they're all fucking teenagers. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, didn't realise. Yeah, they did their demo in, demo in 2021. They're all 16 years old, apparently. Fucking mental. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a, it's, it's a good, it's a good debut. It's not, it's not certainly been one of my favourite releases from the label, but, um, you know, it's just solid, solid, fast, nasty sounding speed metal. It's got enough hooks just to draw you in for production. Very balanced. It's raw, but it's not so raw it puts you off. Um, I love the album cover. I mean, I, I'm sort of, yeah, you know, the I'm album cover's album. amazing. That, it's amazing. That, you know, that, that large Satan in change, I pointed out, that is, that's definitely from a Doctor Who um, episode. So that, that, that drew me in straight away. Um, but yeah, like, like you say, they're, they're, well, like I said, they're 18, 19 years old and fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, I mean, no, they, were, they weren't even alive in the 90s, let alone the fucking 80s. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's the thing. when you hear people like that making music that is just so authentically early 80s to a to a, to a T, it's, it's just you clearly love what you're doing. Yeah. And you know yeah. what you want to do. And that's 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 a gist you get from pretty much all of the bands on this label. Whether, whether or not you're into them, you can appreciate that from from all of them. And authenticity. Um, yeah. You know, uh, another one that came out in um, in August, but I think this I think this is a re-release, if I'm right. You probably know, um, Misconception by Critical Defiance. Now, I've not given that enough attention, I'm afraid, because I've what I've done um, this year in preparation for this episode is I've tried to make a point of listening to every brand new release this year, um, digitally or, or otherwise, just... Because again, I want to keep on top and give every band a chance. Um, so I think there's a couple of releases that have been put on physical so far. And I think that's one. So I've not really given it a chance just yet. But yeah, I, 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 I have, and, it, and have, it's yeah. um, it's it, it's look, it's thrash. There's, there's no doubt about that. There might be a little bit of crossover in there, but it is thrash, and it is it is balls out, relentless fucking thrash. But it's just that little bit more aggressive than than sort of like the, the speed metal stuff that you know is is on this label but it's again similar to the atonement album it's got that gritty production that keeps everything nice and raw but you can still kind of make yeah. out everything clearly you know i think um the last crusaders is a good song um also killed them with kindness and i agree with you about the production there's a some of the stuff on that label is i think it's quite in, intense and it's very fast, but it's not gritty. Some of the production is not gritty enough. And what I mean, like, if I'm going to listen to thrash metal, then kind of the production I'm looking for is going back to the last week's episode, something along the lines of, as I say, killing is my business or ride the lightning. That's the kind of kind of sound that I think lends, it, lends itself well to that genre or subgenre. But it's all good. I mean, I I just put the entire uh, record label um, material on Spotify into one playlist, and um, I'm still working my way through 
a lot of it, but I thought that um that there's, that, that there's, was there's a lot of music. Like, there is there's a lot of you've got about ten years worth of releases to yeah. get through, so there's yeah. there's a lot. I mean, I've got so far on this one there's I've got over about two hundred and twenty different songs. But um yeah, there's uh yeah, Critical Defiance were one of the bands that really um made me kind of stop and just think, okay, what's that? So I'll make sure I, I like that one. So but yeah, aggressive perfecto were good. Yeah. Well, Onward to the cemetery. We, we need, bastard. yeah, we, like yeah, we, we should talk a little bit about aggressive perfecto because they're English. So that's that's quite yeah. a big deal. And and I, look, yeah, I've 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 just picked up the album Havoc at the Midnight Hour. Ironically, this is the first band I I heard that were on Dying Victims, but I w- wasn't really aware of the label at the time. Um, but the artwork to Havoc at the Midnight Hour is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, it it is. It's 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 a film post, pretty much a film poster from a Lucio Fulci horror movie. Yeah. Absolutely bang on for me, you know. And it sounds sounds like a, a metal band in a Fulcio movie. Yeah, um, it, it just say, it fits perfectly with the vibe of the album. Yes, yeah, you know, Slayer, nasty Slayerish, merciful fate, evil sounding, old school heavy metal, and you know, heavy. Like the um. Uh, the, the organ on onward to the cemetery is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and it's things like that. It's it's oh. adding those those merciful fatalisms, like Ant just said, that and that just gives this kind of stuff a atmosphere. completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Atmosphere. It's, it just offers something completely different. And if I'm I'm sure aggressive perfecter are a three piece as well, which makes them even cooler. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So speed metal power trio. What more yeah. do you want? Um. I mean, uh, the, the other ones for me, like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm on a bit of a doomsday kick this week. Yeah, but they're they're not dying victims, they, so you know they could wait okay. till next week. Well, they, 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 I, I accidentally put them on the playlist, <laughs> but I just, I just needed to mention that band because that, that's absolutely, that's phenomenal stuff. I, I'm, I'm really liking that at the minute. That, and, to um, be fair, and, that that EP is is quality. So is the previous one. No, just not all of it. All of it. Just the, the whole, every single song. I'm just saying it's great. I mean, it's especially attaining heaven by force, which I think is great. Depths of the Abyss is also a fantastic song, um, and also the um, the the Dead Heat albums. Tears of the yeah, the, the the last Dead Heat EP. I really I I wasn't so keen on the stuff that came before. It, it sort of bored me a little bit, but it was all right. But yeah, I, this, I get what yeah, you mean. This one is it's, it's, it's them finding the feet. They they seem to have found yeah. it on this album. And obviously, Celestial Sanctuary. Yeah, well, yeah they're, just, they're not uh, they're not the victims. So, yeah, you well, can you, again, you can I'm wait you can wait till next week to have you say on those. That's we we're a bit too early for uh, yeah rounded up August. But um, Let, let's I think we want to talk about a couple uh, um, a recent album as well, and you know the, the scale of them. Um, well, actually, there's a couple of albums from last last month or you know no not last month July Christ. July slash August. Um, and one album is Flight, Echoes of Future Past, or Echoes yep. of Journey's Past, sorry. Uh, yeah, Flight. Um, Which doesn't really fit the normal mould, does it? Well, you say you say that, but you've got bands like Free Road um, as well, and they've got, they do knock out these basically 70s hard rock bands who've got the sort of hippie vibe. I mean, yeah, again, not... Normally, my thing. I'm more, you know, as much as I like the late seventies, I'm confused about the eighties more. But Fly have got this 
kind of blue oyster cult, wishbone ash vibe, little bit of rush there as well. And I really liked this album actually. This was quite a refreshing, uh, refreshing listen. Um, you know, you can we, put we it actually, on background. We, we reviewed it back at the start of the year, didn't we? We had it for quite a while. Oh, free road we did, yeah. The same free road, sort of yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'll talk yeah. about flight, flight, the one that came out um, uh, in the last six weeks. Uh, same sort of vibe, but a bit less, a bit less. I don't know, trucker. Shall I say it's a bit more, <laughs> a bit more. It's a bit more hippie, but yeah, like like I say, blue oyster cult, wishbone ash kind of vibe. Um, but again, very retro and old school, but quite a pleasant sounding album, I thought. So they do stuff like that. But also, and I know they're not on the label, but they've uh, distributed them, a band called The Night Eternal. Who, yeah, well, the, the previous uh, the previous Night Eternal album was on Dying Victims, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the new one, the one that came out a couple of months ago, if if that, that that wasn't. But the, yeah, they, I think you're right. They distributed it in Europe, but even so. Yeah. for Fatal, yeah, we did. We didn't. We didn't do a July roundup, did we? Because we suck. So um, we do. Yeah, uh, but that, yeah, that was one of my favourites from July. And again, again, we're talking classic heavy metal, but with that sort of slightly gothic, the the cult vibe. You know, bit of death rock. You know, a little bit of the mission kind of thing, but still very metal. You know, merciful fate and new wobbling in in style. Um, and yeah, German band, yeah, great songs, great hooks, just an enjoyable vibe, even though yeah. it's quite uh, gothy and, and whatnot. Um, and you know, decent production, not not so raw, not so not trying to be so obscure. Like you know, we 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 were popular in nineteen eighty three in Belgium only, that kind of thing. It's um, yeah, and and that, that's the thing is you've got you've got bands like that amongst all of the others that are just sort of trying to break the, the the speed barrier it's it's creating an atmosphere isn't it which the way some of these albums are produced it's quite clever if you think of like um visions of a parallel world by speed hall which we talked about a couple of months back yeah that like first listen was like mm, i'm not sure about this but then i started to get into it and it made more sense and it, and that sounds like it was recorded in the depths of a cave but it yeah, completely that, it completely makes sense big big echo on that Kind of thing, you know. Gave that but sort it, of it, it works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that had a good balance production. I thought it was raw, but it was it wasn't raw enough, and it just fit fit the sound they were going for. Whereas I think other bands might have been a bit too raw for me and my tastes. Oh well, you know. Um, uh, well, <laughs> Hell Crash. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we we covered that earlier in the year as well, which you know, I I I adore that. I thought it was just fucking great fun. Um, demonic assassination and uh, again full respect for the artwork which is just unreal <laughs> unreal um italy's finest as far as i'm concerned i don't think there's anything better coming out of that country um but don't forget, you got some more polished stuff in there as well i mean you had might and power by megaton sword oh, you know, of course, yeah that's, that's a dying victims release as well yeah, and... i forget it's weird it doesn't it doesn't feel like a dying victims record it doesn't it doesn't um and they're, they're, it, they're a very polarizing band as well. That that album got quite a few sort of poor reviews, but I, I loved it. I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it's not it's not it's not like a classic to me. There's a couple of tracks I don't think are as good as the rest of the album, but some yeah, some of the tracks on that album I, I just love. It's just it just works. It yeah. it's very distinctive. This sort of mid paced kind of theatrical, like you say, man of war meets ghost kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's where we put it, wasn't it? But there, there's there is an iffy ballad on the album, isn't there? Is it called Babe Eternal or something like yeah, that? Yeah. That was um yeah, yeah, not not so sure about that, but I, I kind of enjoy it, but it doesn't really fit with the rest of the album. They could have locked that one off. But um um Monoliths of Wrath by Lucifuge, that was another one I really enjoyed this year, which was like yeah, really cool. early Slayer. You know, again, all very leather and studs and, and all that, which I can't get enough of. There was a thrash album that came out quite earlier in the year, Into the Void by Traz Torned. Traz Torned, yeah. yeah. That was another great one. So it, just this year alone, there's yeah. been some, some absolute, absolute bangers off that. That's like, it. You know, it's, and I make a point, like I say, of listening to every every uh, band on, on, on Bandcamp at least once. Um, you know, the, uh, there's, there's a, an album by Bank, again, Hard Rock Bank or Firmament, which I wasn't too sure about on first listen, but sounded a bit better on second. But yeah, it's not, not as interesting as, as Flight or Free Road. Not quite not quite there for me, but, you know, I know they've had a lot of praise. Um, but yeah, in terms of this year, there's a few EPs dotted about I'm not quite listening to. I, there was a, a band called Running Maiden who released a, an EP early in the year, which... Again, dark, dark new album style I liked at the time. And we have to look back to last year as well. I mean, yeah. um, look, Blackfire by Raptore was was in my top 10 last year. Yeah. Loved that album. We had Nico from the band on the podcast earlier this year who was, you know, considering, you know, he kept saying that his, you know, his English wasn't great. I thought he was he was brilliant. It was, you know, so nice. So good to hear a story of someone, you know, travels from Argentina to Europe and they put all that put, kept putting their music out to all these different labels and, you know, and Dying Victims come along and they pick them up and, and they get a great album out of it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next. That's the thing. It's, it's, it is a great album. It's just, just proper, no nonsense, heavy metal, but it's fast. It's anthemic. It's choruses. It's got lots of, got choruses. It's hooky. Um, it, it yeah, it's well produced. It's a kind of bit how we think you, you you could be on a a bigger label, and that's no disrespect yeah. to Diamonds at all. You know the fact they put it out and they grabbed it is great, but they they sound like they could be on Century Media or Nuclear Bar Blast. Yeah, it was probably one of the more polished yeah releases that the Diamonds have had recently. Um, another one was Echoes from the Gutter by Venator. Yes, and who we, we I think we first picked up on when we were doing a a, a New Wattam episode, and and it was in particular there was there was one particular photo on there the the combination of the facial hair and the dodgy NHS glasses. Yeah, it was a mustaches Austrian, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but they they've got more of a Saxon feel to them. I think Venator they were a, a different sound again, and again, just songs absolutely full of hooks and. Yeah. Well, it's 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 mad how how Dying Victims find these bands. Yeah, that's, one, that's, that's, one, that's what I find crazy. What one album again? I I I missed it at the time, but I've been re- listening to it this week, and it also came out last year. Is um is by a French band called Animalize. Yeah, uh, I I never get really got a chance to listen to this. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah. The album's called Meet We're Made Of, and they they some songs in French, others are in are in English, but that's that's a really good album. Again, it's just traditional heavy metal, but it's got a it's got a very full sounding production. It's, there's a, there's a warmth there to it, even though it's it's quite raw and fast and whatnot. 
hooks, choruses. You know, it, it's it's got a bit of heft to it. Um, and the singer is the singer. Funnily enough, he reminds me of the dude from Gamma Bomb. Um, yeah, he's no, got that's, that sort that's of, obscure. Yeah, he's got that sort of crazy kind of you know vibe to it, but it, it works uh, amongst all the albums. So uh, yeah, I I, I I want to keep an eye on them. Um, and if I can find, if I can pick up the album whilst I'm in Paris, on vinyl, I will because yeah. yeah. I mean, we're 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 reeling off a lot of bands, a lot of albums here, but there the, there is a playlist, like Padre said, um, and the link is on our link tree on all our socials and everything. So if you're not familiar with Dying Victims, go and listen to that playlist, and it'll give you an idea of of, of what the label does. Um, do you think? I mean, they the, the label's been around for a fair few years now, but do you think there's a longevity in this? Because you know, traditional metal is, I wouldn't say popular, but it's it's quite. It's, it's it is in the forefront of underground metal at the moment. Do you think there's there's longevity for a label like this to carry on doing this, or will they need to sort of shift slightly? Or I, I don't know. It's it's, it's difficult to say really because you, you you know we don't know what the future holds, do we? Um, the fact that I mean, if you look at just the amount of stuff they've put out in the last few years, especially during COVID, you know, um, yeah. I mean. If you can do do stuff during that period and and keep it going, then then why not? But it's it all comes down to the interest. It, it's you know I I I don't know what uh, was it say Florian? Um, yeah, Florian's done. Is it? Yeah. Is I mean, it feels like a full. If if it's just a one man thing, then it must be a full time for him, um, and he manages just to do everything accordingly. So, but it sounds like he's got to have enough bands involved yeah, yeah. for it to be worth doing full time if he was going to expand you know the only way that would happen is if some of these bands actually started doing quite well and as we say they're all a bit too niche really to make it big but you know what it's like with these labels all you need is a band is one band to yeah, break that's true you, know, you can imagine you know you can imagine a band like ghost being on being on being on a label like dying victims historically and you know they step up a level that's it um, yeah. and we know we know it's it's the same a great comparison is films I mean New Line Cinema were they were just they just distributed films back in the early 80s um, they didn't really have any sort of profile at all but then they distributed a film um, called uh, called Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> and that was it that you know that, that they're, they're now known as, as the label that Freddie built or something like that yeah um, that's it, you know. They, of course, they went into other things. They, they ended up sort of doing the Lord of the Rings, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's kind of like that. You just need one artist to make you. you know, Mute had Depeche Mode, for yeah. God's sake. Yeah. But it's it's like Napoli signing Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> you just need that one. <laughs> you just need that one. That one piece. Um, no, but I think you're right. Yeah. If they need one of their bands to break through, and then expose all the other bands on that label so they don't necessarily the band that breaks through doesn't necessarily have to uh change their sound but they have to just come up with something that's just absolutely killer um i think the other thing is well they need to um the bands on the label they need the exposure they need to be playing festivals well see that um, that's that that's the case on mainland europe because you've look dying victims have got their own festival um 
which next year's in Edson, which has just moved up to a bigger venue as well. So there's clearly a demand for that called Dying Victims Attacks. And it's like mostly Dying Victims vans plus, uh, you know, a few guests from around the world. But that's getting bigger. You've got festivals like Keep It True. Um, and you've got some of the other sort of smaller metal festivals scattered around Europe. Then you've got your Summer Breeze and Metal Days and obviously Wacken and, and things like that. They all feature a lot of these types of bands. So on mainland Europe, there's always going to be an opportunity for them. It's outside of that where a lot of these bands may struggle, in particular the UK, like I said 10 minutes ago. And it's it's not fucking fair. It's just not fucking fair. Some of these bands, that if they just got a smidgen of an opportunity, I think some of them could, you know, could have a, a big following in the UK. Look at what we've got in the UK at the moment. You look at bands like Inhuman Nature, for instance. You know, they they would be just as at home on Dying Victims as they would on any other label. And they're fucking British. So, and they are building a following, you know, by taking good support slots and, and, and they'll fucking play anywhere and do anything. So that's what it's all about. If they can do it, I don't see why some of these bands can't. Obviously, Brexit hasn't helped coming into the UK from mainland Europe and whatnot. That obviously hasn't helped, but I can't see any of these bands playing shows in the UK anytime soon. I mean, I don't know. I get, I, I, I'm guessing for most of these bands, it's it's not a full-time thing at all. I mean... No, 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 know, no, no, no. They're, they're all part-timers, aren't they? So, yeah. um, and, I, and I think the fact that they're all just doing something, you know, almost fun and retro, they're not trying to break boundaries, they're not trying to push push musical innovation so there, there's clearly no i don't think there's a, an intent to have a full-time career out of it and that, that, there's no disrespect to that at all it's it's you know you don't have to be doing something full-time in order to be bloody great here and, well that's and, that's being in a metal band these days isn't it yeah but you know? it's it, it's a very different sort of setup isn't it it's just yep. like i say florian's the only person doing it full-time they have a whole network so um i don't know i mean it comes down to all the time you've got bands who want to be doing that stuff and he's willing to keep doing it. It'll, it'll continue, but it's, we kind of, it's weird because I think we, there's no reason why it can't because we kind of pass the point where that sort of period is, is dare I say it embarrassing because, you know, you're all the same age as me. We all agree that during the nineties, the eighties was anathema culturally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I got into Maiden first in the, in the sixth form, the, the grief I got, it, it wasn't horrible, but it was like you're into eighty stuff. Nobody listens to eighty stuff. That's just not the done thing now. Yeah, yeah. nineteen ninety six. Any any anything like that was was just you know the, the music, the fashions, the, the politics. It was it was just a different world by that point. And musically, fun enough, it was only in 2001 when the Strokes came along that this whole idea of retro 80s type sounding bands started to become acceptable to music journalists and that kind of scene. Um, and I think, yeah, that's after that, that's when you had bands that were a bit more, bit more rock here and there. And I think metal almost had a had a sort of leg up and I'm not like I said I'm not going to credit the strokes for that <laughs> I just think it the time came we're into it we're into a new decade and you know certain attitudes about about the 80s kind of just 
started to reduce and people thought actually you know what there was some good stuff back then we can enjoy it again and that kind of just and i think that's stuck in the since because we're well past that period where you know that stuff's looked back as weird as embarrassing because it's immediate you know kids you know anything in the past anything pre-2000 is retro to kids these days there's going to be there's going to be um thanks for making me feel old Sorry, that's it. So yeah, there's, there's, gonna, there's gonna be kids. I mean, Christ, you, you look at you look at the eighties, you know, in terms of music and, and films and TV and again, Stranger Things is a big example. Your kids fucking love Stranger Things. They do, yeah. Such a distinctive dis- distinctive period when it comes to pop culture, and it's always going to appeal to kids. And I think there's a lot of kids who these days, you know, with, with the internet and you know, culture generally who zero in on that kind of stuff because it's almost refreshing and yeah you know what that that's it's it's big and colorful and exciting but it's also simpler um and i think all the time you've got attitudes like that from you know younger people potentially yeah about a a label like dime victims can stick around because there's always going to be a demand and i think that's that's the 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 perfect the the, almost the perfect part in shop really is that and and again, something we talked about before. If there if there's if there's a scene, the music will always be there. And if there's the music, the scene will be there as well. One way or another, everything kind of comes together. So you know, if if labels like Dying Victims just keep on doing this, we as metal fans are always gonna always gonna lap it up. We yeah. always will, you know. And and labels like this that, like I said, it. I'm not sure if Florian does it all by himself. I don't know, but if he does, he's doing a fucking amazing job in the process. And it's almost sort of single-handedly keep doing this. It's, 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 it's incredible. And there are other labels out there as well. Another one is shadow kingdom. who have given us some great releases this year. <clears throat> Leather bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, and look, cruel force and, uh, and blood star early in the year. Oh. Again, all a similar kind of vein to, to this, that you know, very retro late seventies, early eighties, and it's just it's just so much fun. It's just refreshing. There's no there's no sort of poserisms to it. It's just it's just good fun. You can enjoy it without any kind of extra connotations that shouldn't be there. It's it's just you know, bands like bands like Exciter, for instance, are currently playing all over the fucking world, and you can imagine that. 35 years ago, if you said to Exciter that in 2023 you're still going to be playing 50, 60, 70 date US and Canada tours and playing in Europe and the UK, they'd laugh at you. Canadian speed metal, who's going to be into that in 2023? But here we are. So, look, happy days. The longer it's out, the better. Bring back sword. <laughs> yeah, what sword. happened to them? Yeah, I don't know, but we want them back. Yeah, That's they were good. good. Yeah. They were fucking good. The first yeah. album, especially, was was yeah. just unreal. Yeah, just ple- really pleasing sound and production. Yeah, on yeah. That. Oh, fuck it, I completely forgot about them. It was just it, it was just mainstream enough. Yeah, but it, you know, it could have been they could have been big, but you know, just metal enough to keep. Yeah, yeah, but look, look we we hope Dying Victims carry on doing it anyway because we love it. Every release that comes out, I. I like wicked yeah. it's another new dynamic release what's it going to be like i haven't i haven't listened to it yet but i, I know in my, my box i've got waiting for me in a couple of uh months we've got the new uh the uh the debut album by savage that glory riders 
Yeah, he's got your eyes. They're German. I mean, that I mean that artwork is well, <laughs> it's very do-it-yourself. <laughs> the band in a the band in a burning city, but I mean, look, it's 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 wasp. I mean, the, the singer's got the best Blackie Lawless impression I've ever heard. But great. Yeah, yeah, I listened to a couple yeah. of songs. It is very wasp. It's but it's again, it's enjoyable. They know what they're yeah. doing. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they know, you know, there's no there's no shame to that at all. And it's great fun. It's just enjoyable metal. Yeah, which and, is which and is, that's what we want. Yeah, yeah, which is what we want. And for all the, for all the the wonderful stuff that's been out this year, you know, bands like like fucking Earn, which is album of the year, it's not going to be beaten. Um, going back to this stuff is is always great. So, you know, but and look on that note, yeah, next week we have to talk about August because you're right, we didn't even do July because, well, Bloodstock got in the way and and whatnot. And um, look, July wasn't the strongest month. Was July was really, there wasn't, there wasn't a, a a great deal. Um, yeah, look, quick... I, I've noticed this actually. Funny enough, you know, look, looking at K Man's list, the last um, the last couple of weeks have been much bigger. It was July and long. August? Yeah, you know, they, they were like twenty five to thirty albums each week. It was it was you know quiet in comparison to the rest of the a year. couple. A couple that did stand out in July, uh, obviously Night Eternal. We spoke about that. Um, yeah. Calligrams, position momentum. I really enjoyed that. Tail gunner, we know about that. Um, there was um, survival of the fittest by Thelemite, which <laughs> which was a yeah, little, was... Weird, but I quite enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was weird because obviously there's some of the stuff on that I did like, and obviously clearly, clearly they like defenders of the faith era, Judas Priest, just a little bit, yeah. Um, thing, but yeah, I mean, we we disagreed on the song. There was one song I, I thought it was like one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Oh, um, it was called Making Love or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, you, you liked it. I, yeah, I thought it was bloody awful. But let, let me just let me just get this straight. I liked it purely from a, a, an ironic point of view. <laughs> I, I fully agree that it's a terrible song, but it just you know, it just yeah. makes me think of of Joe Elliott talking about making love like a man kind of thing. It's yeah, well, <laughs> we, uh, uh, but, we yeah, do yeah. the. Um, the gateway. I, I didn't need that uh, image in my head. <laughs> Especially not these days. No. Um, yeah, well, I think we do just need to be a quick mention of the Gateway album. A uh, Belgian artist. He uh, released an artist called Galgen Dude, which is, it, it was Deaf Doom, but I, I'm not normally a Deaf Doom fan, but this is one of the sort of most distinctive Deaf Doom albums I've ever heard. Is it Death Doom or Doom Death? Oh, it's Deffy Doomy Death. I don't know, whatever. But it was just so thick and enveloping and just filthy and low end and just Ooh. really distinctive. And it's like 30 minutes. And yeah, yeah, I liked that album. I couldn't get into that. No? No. And I saw a lot of you raving about it. And I, it it no, didn't really okay. um, didn't click for me. I'll, yeah. I'll go back and try again. But I mean, it, it, it didn't click that one. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a shame. But um yeah, that, that 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 was about it for July, wasn't it? August is a very different story. August you know, was better. Uh, there's there's been some great stuff out in August. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, like like Padre said, you know, new celestial sanctuary that anybody listening to this is is going to be well aware of. Yes, that Doomsday EP is is a fucking absolute banger. And yeah, cruel force, orbit culture. Like even the new Alice Cooper, we'll talk about it in more detail next week, but I think it's been one of the strongest months of the year so far. So, uh, 
yeah, but we'll pick that up next week. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening this week. It's uh, it's been it's been a bit of positive, bit of negative, bit of grumpy, bit of moaning. You know, that's not a little bit of politics. It's been yeah. one of those episodes that we haven't done yeah. for a long time. So it's been fun. Back, back to normal, basically. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We um, we are going to uh, we we don't quite know what's happened with the holy man actually because he is off to be a Middle Eastern queen soon. So we don't know if we're going to lose him for a little bit or or what. But fear not, fans of the priest. I'm sure he'll be back. Well, what's going to happen? What well, I mean, I'm 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 flying on the 17th. So I mean, I'll be there. I'm going to be in Bahrain for the first couple of days, getting my visa, and then obviously schmoozing with the the royal family. Uh, and then I should, I should I should be available the the what's it the twenty third. So I'll be there. So we've got the the, the we've got the guitar players from uh, Tailgunner on the sixteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rear from Tailgunner is coming on uh, that week, uh, and we should have another guest that episode as well. So, or maybe maybe we won't maybe we won't lose you then. Maybe um, you know, but obviously being in the Middle East. We're not fucking changing our plans for you traveling all over the fucking world. You're going to have to shift. You can't. I mean, we, you might not need it's to. It's Friday. It's like Friday. Fri- Friday's the uh, Friday. Saturday's the weekend there, so I'll be I'll be available. All right, fair enough. Yeah, and, unless you, like, you know, I mean, obviously on, on on the Friday and the Saturday, that's that's the day of the week where I'm going to have to make sure that my bed, that's like a, a pile of money, is uh, well made. How <laughs> <laughs> do you sleep at night, Padre? On top of a pile of money with many beautiful ladies. You just got to hope you so, don't yeah, get yourself just... hanged in the first couple of weeks. That's more the problem. Yeah, I know that. That it is the thought has crossed my mind, um, and I'm, I don't think I can really get away with uh, playing like Hella Waits or South of Heaven in class like I did in Italy. So I, I, um, I highly doubt it. that. I was about to say it's like what? Oh. What's the metal T-shirt approach going to be? Um... <laughs> Wear it at home. <laughs> About to say, yeah, you're going to be you're going to be limited, I think, in some parts. Uh, yeah, see, no, I mean, I'm I'm assuming like I, I would I would imagine some of the uh, the more kind of tepid like Metallica t-shirts would be okay. I mean, I, I think I think my Kill 'Em All t-shirts are safe bet. I don't think it um, is, mate. Who do you want to kill? Who do you want to kill? And I just be like, Americans, and they'd be like, oh, that's fair <laughs> Um. Oh no! Uh, or like, you know, who, who do you want to kill? Apostates, heretics, the infidel. You know, heretics um, are our listeners, mate. You 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 can't take that stance. Well, I, I mean, yes, but heretics in what in what sense? I mean, obviously, if someone is is gonna come on here and try and stall the virtues of uh, bullet for my Valentine or something, then that that's that's heresy, and that that is that, dealt with, that's that's know? not. Look, face it. Within a couple of weeks, you're going to be walking around in a linen suit wearing a fucking Panama hat. Well, like the man from Del Monte. Basically, yeah, you will be the man from <laughs> Del Monte. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure that there's, 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 there should be like a metal equivalent of that, where like, you know, you've got all these like record label execs outside a, outside a building, and like the man from Del Monte arrives. He goes in and he just listens to something for three seconds, and he just like nods at the camera, and then like a, a, a small child runs out and goes, he says yes. <laughs> Like you know, that—that's the approval of the record label. <laughs> you know, um, but no, that's, it, just um, like just before we go, think about it. Though. How, how kind of racist or xenophobic were those man from Del Monte adverts? You know what? I've, I've you know, I've, like the, 
I can't remember a man from Del Monte advert quite that clearly to remember whether it's racist or not. No, but it's like, you know, it's like the, the, the white, the middle-aged white man with the Panama hat arrives at a tropical island where tribal people are waiting to greet him so he can try their wares. And then he like kind of nods in approval and the tribe start having a dance because he's like said that their pineapples are fresh enough to be sold by Del Monte. <laughs> it's like the white saviour approaching the tropical island. The savages, it's like, dear God, it's like, you know, I mean, like... If you want to talk fruit, the, the most racist fruit of all is is Granny Smith. Like that that's a real person. Granny controls the entire fruit industry. I think we may have gone down a rabbit hole that we we, we need to climb back out of and, and get out get off this episode before people just switch off or get what, no, I, what I will be doing though, what I will be doing is like when I get into the desert, which I will be visiting, I'm I'm gonna go there for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare myself <laughs> for that. Fucking hell. For the for the for the toys. And I will I will be tempted by Satan. One thing I am expecting um, I of you though is with is within four weeks of you being there, I'm expecting to find a listener in Saudi Arabia on our stats. And if that's not the case, well, that, that's, we'll what, that's what my job is. I, I spread the word. I, I spread the word. But you like, fucking you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure if I go into the desert and I am tempted by Lucifer, I think it's probably going to be in the guise of Bob Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm ending it here. No more Bob Rock talk. That's it. No, we're done. We're done. We're done. Thank you for listening. There's no more of it. And uh, uh, yeah, stay metal. See you next week.